because the critical thinking is so well dying now and <laughs> no one's resuscitating it <laughs> is that criticizing wokeness and this ideology does not mean that you endorse does not mean that we endorse the opposite it doesn't mean that we don't care about social issues it doesn't mean that we're now automatically right wing though it doesn't you know it does also doesn't mean that anyone who's right wing is automatically racist and bad um so just to be super clear right <laughs> yes that. yes yes and that's important to say because without saying that there are so many people who would assume I don't think the sound quality is going to be very good, so I'm going to keep this intro really brief because I'm at the beach. Not on the beach, but I'm at the beach. Um, and the windows are open, and you may even be able to hear the ocean and the ice cream guy with his little ice cream bell. <sighs> and the birds. I don't know what you're hearing. I'll have to listen back and hear what you're hearing, but I'm just going to get pretty quickly into the conversation that I'm sharing today with Seedit Chawla. Um, you may follow her on Instagram. If you don't, I highly recommend it. We're going to talk all about her foray into canceling people and then her change of heart and both of our experiences kind of navigating this very intense, very culty uh, some call it woke world on the internet and um, how we've tried to kind of get ourselves out of that. Um, she has a very unique experience and perspective on all of this. Um, and I think you're really going to love, um, I think you're really going to love her and I think you're going to like the conversation. Um, and before I get into it, you know what? No. You know what? No, just listen to the conversation and then I'll have a quick little one minute spiel at the end explaining my new podcast situation and blah, 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 blah. But um, for now, just enjoy the conversation with Seedit. So let's start this. This may be a, a pretty big and loaded question, but I'm really curious to know what brought you to the, to the current perspective that you have on cancel culture or what many people call cancel culture. Um, it's a bit of a long story, um, and I'll just cut straight to it. I helped cancel someone or get involved in a cancel campaign um, of somebody who there was there were legitimate professional concerns about this person. Um, they were saying some really off key shit, but I kind of no one. I have to be really really clear about this. It's. I did it, nobody made me do it, no one held a gun to my head. Um, and I was involved with a group of people that, um, you know, they canceling was just duriga for them, that's what they do. If they don't like someone, you start canceling them. And um, I got involved with these people, they liked them, they were my friends. And um, to be completely honest, it was, probably, you know, all of us have these kind of, have a small mean part of us, like a nasty little petty part of us that you have to keep under control. Yeah, I definitely, definitely <laughs> do. <laughs> and that little mean part of me was having its day in the sun. Um, and it was being socially rewarded. And the thing is that like the back of my mind, I knew better. I knew, like, you always know when you're fucking up, right? Because deep down, you know. So I knew, 
but I was being socially rewarded and clapped for and gaining followers for doing this. And um, at the time I was not like emotionally at my best either. I was kind of, I'd been recently bereaved. Um, I lost someone who was my sort of second mother and I was in lockdown um, completely by myself for the first lockdown, which was like months in isolation, bereaved. So I was not okay. And I think I feel like I channeled all that dysregulation into, you know, canceling this person. And um, I didn't, I mean, I tried not to get into, you know, character assassination or stuff like that, but it started getting really ugly. And as soon as I, f I felt it kind of changed from, um, this person is, you know, professionally very concerning to something much more personal. And then I just dropped it like a hot potato because I felt it, I felt that change. And I dropped it and um, deleted everything I said to do with this person and just backed away from it because I, I, I couldn't quite make out what it was. I just knew I didn't want anything to do with this anymore. It felt ugly and, 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 and dirty, you know, that kind of dirty feeling. Yeah. And then I gave myself a little bit of time to kind of process it because I couldn't quite formulate my thoughts around it. And the second I kind of got my head around it, I was like, oh my fucking God, what the hell did you just do? Um, that was the feeling. It was really, um, it was really not nice to look in the mirror and look at how I'd behaved. And this was kind of my brief foray into wokeness. It was kind of very much a step in, oh, step out. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and then I started like I started a Twitter and a lot of my frustrations and the ideas I was working out and trying I was like talking them through on this Twitter which was stupid but it's what I did so so wait so so a lot of the cancellation that you were involved in, with was on Instagram I'm guessing yeah yes yeah. and then sort of Twitter was your place to like like have a different audience. Yeah. I actually do the same thing. I feel like I have like a very different audience on Twitter. I don't yeah. really use Twitter that often anymore, but there are things that I'm afraid to say on Instagram that I'll go to say on Twitter because I have such a smaller audience on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I understand that very well, actually. So I didn't know anyone when I, when my Twitter started, it was tiny. It was three digits. Like I didn't know anyone, you know, I was just kind of working through these ideas and it was ended up growing. Now I have like 47,000 or something, but, um, it, you know, I was just kind of trying to work through these, I, these thoughts. I wanted to interact with other people who, um, were thinking these things and, you know, it was in lock again, still in lockdown. So there was nowhere to go, but online, right. I mean, right. And then I got canceled because somebody found my Twitter oh, and then I got raped through the coals. And since then, I feel like it's, you know, almost like divine retribution. You helped cancel somebody and now you're going to get um, a good taste of what that felt like. But I'm kind of like, I feel like I've paid it now. Right. <laughs> like it's been going on two fucking years. Right. I mean, like what I've learned from the, so I apologize to her. Um, the woman that I helped to cancel privately, privately, mm -hmm. um, kind of made amends with her, um, let her kind of yell at me for 24 hours. 
<laughs> by DM or something? By DM, yeah. She okay. was messaging me for 24 hours straight, telling me what I did to her. And it was fine. It was fine. I took it on the chin because I did look, I behaved awfully. And um, she deserved to have her say, and that's fine. Um, since then, some other stuff happened, and it turns out that she is objectively terrible. Oh, but, God. <laughs> but just because someone's objectively terrible doesn't mean you have any right to publicly humiliate them and send harassment their way. Mm. And I think that's an important kind of adult lesson to learn. Sorry, my phone is doing some talking, so I'm just going to put it, make it quiet. Um, you know, that you have to learn some restraint and if there are professional concerns there are channels to deal with that right you don't need to publicly humiliate and shame someone and sort of run after them like a pitchforked mob that's not you know um right and that's and, what that in my like that's what it mirrors completely yeah online. it is that's what it is it's a mob. it is it's a it's a mob it's a pitchforked medieval mob yeah, that it's, is <laughs> it's like that same part of humanity is is happening online it's the exact same thing yeah and i think a lot of that is also to do with um online right now is like it's the, it's almost like the early days of social media still i know we've had it for you know a decade or two now but I think going forward into the future, a few decades, social media is going to be very different. I think it's going to be much more tightly regulated. I think this kind of, um, well, for one, it's, you know, it, it's, it's the impact it has on mental health, um, on your neurology, um, the kind of addictive potential it has, the way we treat people online, I think that I think almost um, imagine warning on social media, similar to warnings on cigarettes. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. think, uh, I mean, I'm just speculating, but I imagine like a question I get asked a lot is how do you manage social media without, um, you know, getting addicted and stuff like that. And the response I always have is, well, how would you manage cocaine without getting addicted? And it's like, it's the same thing. You're dealing with a dangerous, addictive substance. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. More and more, I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, this is not good. This is not no. good for me. I And the craziest thing, I want to get back to, I have so many questions for you, but when I went through my first, my first cancellation, where I had a huge mob coming after me saying lies, like actual lies, it was a year, it was exactly a year ago. Yeah. It, it did two things. One, I realized that I was putting too much into social media and that I mm. had made it my life and I cared too much. And I was yeah. investing too much time on my phone and on social media. And that mm. in order to feel freer from what was happening to me. I needed to deliberately, like really, really consciously engage in my real life. Yeah. And at the exact same time, I feel like it actually still made me more addicted to social media because it traumatized me and it put me yeah. into this extremely hypervigilant mode for months where I was like yeah. obsessed with checking my DMs and seeing what people were saying about me. Yeah. I didn't want to see what people were saying about me, not in my DMs for some reason. I was smart enough to know that that wasn't going to help me and that like following it wasn't healthy. A or, good idea. Yeah. Because if I didn't know what was happening and what wasn't happening to me, you know, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't reaching me. What's the point of obsessing over it? But once it was coming at me, like I was just so, I, I just, I was so obsessed with being on top of that for some reason. 
Um, but ever since then, and then even more recently, I've been like, okay, something's got it like this. I can't live like this. And even the past year, people have been like, so, you know, cause I read, I wrote this book that just came out about burnout and, you know, kind of taking on things that we don't need to take on. And how are we allowing, how are we perpetuating our own burnout? Yeah. While I was writing the book, I wasn't, and while I was going through my healing from burnout, I wasn't as addicted to social media. So it's not a big part of the book. So people ask me about that as if it's a huge part of the book. And I'm like, well, actually I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to figure that out right now. Like I, I am very bad at it. And Mm -hmm. it's very clear to me that what I'm doing and what I have been doing, I'm getting like dressed now. I'm like, yeah, getting a little better, but it's very clear to me that the way I've been operating on social media is completely unsustainable. And it's either going to, it was either going to crash and burn, or I was going to have to get really smart and like put up some really, 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 um, strong boundaries with myself, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, this is like, this is going to be the, the next front, the next mental health frontier, I think for, for most people. Yeah. Like, um, definitely. And there's, um, oh, last, okay. So I'm having a similar process myself of reevaluating my relationship with social media, because I've been on it since 2019 summer when I started my Instagram account I mean I was somebody who would go months without even logging into Facebook and that was the only real social media I had right and now I'm on it every bloody day um all day mm-hmm. uh, on one or, one or the other Instagram <laughs> or Twitter and um you know even when I go and have a piss I'm taking no, my I phone know. so I can have a look like it's you know never free of it so last week at end of last week I took purposely was off online um off the internet or specifically social media for 24 hours and um that definitely swayed me in the yeah you need to do something about this because in the in those 24 hours immediately my concentration improved Mm. immediately yeah yeah um not only my heart rate went down um, you know, my Fitbit was telling me, oh, wow, look at this. You're like, <laughs> all I've done is not be on oh social media. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So my heart rate went down. My concentration immediately improved. I have ADHD and my ADHD symptoms went down dramatically. Wow. Um, I was way less distractible. Um, I was present. You know, one thing I think that uh, I realized that I think social media does is like a sort of socially approved dissociation. You're um, you're never where you actually are. You're always on this on you know second life, online talking to people in a place that doesn't exist and people you're never going to meet and ignoring your real life around you. And the other thing is immediately the sort of pressure you feel as someone with you know a public page of creating content and staying you know keeping up and I haven't made my post for today immediately went away and I just thought oh this is a treadmill I don't have to stay on actually um and I can do this based on what works for me and not there's no you know that keeping up with the Joneses feeling it just disappeared um so and immediately I thought right okay so 24 hours alone had this kind of impact um and, and all I did was not be on social media. And I slept better. I have a lifelong sleep struggle. Mm. And I slept really well that night. It was re- effortless to fall asleep. Wow. So again, 
it um all those things you know combined like right so what is this what is this doing to our circadian rhythms um our prefrontal cortex if executive function is that that diminished by using social media um probably level of dysregulation or adrenaline um secretion if it's that much harder to fall asleep and you're that much more wide there's so much there really i'm still formulating my thoughts around it but i think the platform's almost um not saying anyone any machiavellian designer made it this way but it's almost like it's designed to fuck you up i know <laughs> i mean i think on, on some level it 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 is it's designed to addict you to it yeah, and it, it does that so well and then there are and then the ripple effects yeah you know there are such ripple effects in mm. in our bodies and our minds it's so it's so interesting because you know the both of us have been so rewarded yeah <laughs> for posting all the time and for posting things that people love and that they want to share and that they enjoy yeah. and and I think, and I've been saying this for a little while, but it's like that quote, I forget where this quote is from, but um, it's probably some, some Buddhist quote, but um, the mind is a, a wonderful tool and a terrible master. Yeah. That's how I feel about social media. Like it's not inherently evil sharing, you know, being able to share and teach in, in this easy, accessible way mm. is fine. It's good. You know, it, it's, it's marketing. It's, it's yeah. it's not bad and it, it has brought good real good to my life I mean I have the career that I have and the books that I have because of social media and I've sold the books because of social media but there is a there is a line there is a point where yeah. it tips into okay well but this now this is not making your life better. Yeah. this is making your life worse I think you said that so beautifully um social media is a wonderful tool but uh a terrible master and it's it's true um living for social media living for right how's my post doing and have i gained followers or have i lost followers from this post and you um it's like subtle manipulation of your own creative process i think you know you mm -hmm. start creating and saying things that you know will get what will get me more likes and followers okay. um instead of saying what you really mean and think and like I've had to I'm not perfect at it but I've had to consciously work at that like say the thing and you know I purposely now at least once a week say something that's going to get rid of followers I don't want following me isn't that great <laughs> I, that that's been a huge like a huge shift I started doing that like six months ago when it yeah. reached ahead where I was like oh my god this is this is miserable I have backed myself into a corner a terrible yeah. corner of the internet that I do not want to be in <laughs> yeah and so I started this like half joke half serious campaign to lose followers I really really genuinely wanted to lose the followers that were making my life fucking miserable yeah and I knew that I was going to be able to do that by posting things that were true so a lot of people think that I <laughs> Unfortunately, people think that I'm posting things I don't think are true in order to just piss people off and lose followers. And it's like, no, what, what good would that do? I'm yeah. trying to like be like, like I felt like so, so cornered. And so like, I couldn't breathe, but I'm trying to like actually make space for myself and give myself some freedom by actually being able to say the things that I, I want to be able to say without 
the pitchfork mob coming after me. And I had the, I had the wrong followers. I did. Mm -hmm. I had followers that were just out for blood. And so I, you know, slowly, and it was a lot, you know, like it was, it's overwhelming. It's really stressful, especially when you're in Mm -hmm. that dysfunctional dynamic of like, for so long, my followers just were like going up and up and up and up and up exponentially. Mm -hmm. And it was half because I was sharing anti-diet stuff that people were sharing that I'm burnt out on. And I like, I'm not sharing anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was half because I was using it for fun. Um, but I got so addicted really to that validation of like, oh my God, like no matter what I do, like my followers are going up by the thousands. Like, this is so cool. I'm going to be able to sell so many books. Like, oh my gosh, look how cool I am. (laughs) I'm verified. Oh my God. And it just reached this point where I was like, oh shit, this is bad. This is not good. This is like, this is like, like if it wasn't so horrible, it would be funny how terrible this is. And so I just flipped it on its head and I was like, all right, this is like, this is not worth it. I would way rather have less followers, Mm -hmm. um, than be in this position. And so I started the campaign to lose followers. Some people think I'm like fucking with people and and joking. Other people get it. Other people hate me, (laughs) you know? Um, but I've been losing followers ever since. (laughs) Well, what was the point for you? Um, when you realized, right, this is bad? Well, um, so it started, it started summer 2020, but I, I, I wasn't there yet. I was in like, oh shit, oh shit. I, 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 no matter what I say, people are going to be pissed about it. Like I Mm -hmm. I have to post about racism, but I, but I'm going to be accused of centering myself. And I, I don't like, I was like scrambling to like, I, at that point I was like, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be racist, you know, like I, I want to do what I'm supposed to do without feeling like a fucking like fake, because I was yeah. seeing such bullshit. Yeah. I was seeing like the most performative posts that I could see right through. Mm-hmm. And I was like this, I, I, I knew what people were thinking. Cause I was thinking it too. Like, Oh, what do I say to like make people believe that I'm a good person? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I say to make people believe that I'm a good person that isn't bullshit, you know? And mm-hmm. so I was trying to navigate that and really genuinely, like I was really genuinely trying to navigate that. But I, the more I saw, the more I was like, this is not right. And I was writing at the time I was writing tired as fuck, which is it's very hard to describe the book, but it's, it's very memoir. So it was very much my own little white girl experience, like being, and the whole time I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to write this. Like, I don't know if, wow. I don't know if I'm going to be ripped to shed shreds just for releasing this book. Like that, that's yeah. where my head was. And in the book, a lot of it was about cult mentality because that is, I, you know, I was tr- trying to tell the story of how obsessive I was with diets and with self-help and how I kept treating them like religions over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And so I was able to identify immediately that what was happening online was cult mentality. Yeah. Like immediately. So it was very, so first I was like, 
oh shit, what do I do? What do I say? Oh God, I said that. And people are mad about that. But so I should take down that post and put up this book. Like I was like, I was like scrambling. Who, who should I have on my podcast? Uh, okay. And, and, and how can I do this and not be like a fake ass bitch, you know, like, uh, uh, and then very quickly, I was like, okay, this is like really, really unhealthy and everyone's losing their minds. And, and I can't talk about it because I want, I don't want to destroy my career. I want to be able to write this book. I want to be able to sell this book. If, if I speak out and say, guys, this is crazy. Like it's not like racist to say that, like what is happening right now doesn't make any sense. Mm. I was afraid that people would, you know, basically like all the people who loved my first book, the fuck it diet, which, Mm. you know, really does have this thread of social justice in it that I can feel that I can stand behind, Mm -hmm. um, that they would all of a sudden say, this is a bad person. Um, even if this book helped you, you know, like return it or like, you know, never recommend it again. She's bad. She's problematic. Like I thought it was just going to destroy my life and my career that I had built. I think a lot of people feel this way too, but you know, and in many ways, it kind of has <laughs> like all of those people hate me now. Yeah. They, they, we are like, especially, especially now that this whole cancellation thing is happening in the health at every size world. Like we are, they, the people who have been on my podcast, who have, um, who have recommended my book throughout the past three years, like we're, I'm bad now. And, I'm, and I'm, thankfully, like it took a while to get here. Like I, I'm not happy about it, but I know that the alternative would have been Mm. worse for Mm. me, like mentally and like in my soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I did try for a little while and I was like, no, no, no. Like I have a blessing and a curse of like, it's very difficult for me to lie. It's very difficult for me to bullshit. Yeah. It's very difficult <laughs> for me to like, even make content that I don't, that I'm not like really feeling at the time, you know? Yeah. And so I just knew it wasn't going to work. I was like, there's just no way, but it was still terrifying. And it, I'm, it's not like, oh, I'm so, so, so free. I'm feel like, kind of free now but there's still stuff I'm afraid to say yeah um there's still stuff I'm afraid like if I say it what will the fallout be but um it really was you know then there was this big cancellation campaign uh, around me about my April Fool's post that said that I was turning my account into a fitness account people demanded that I apologize for toying with fat trauma and I was like that doesn't make any sense I'm I'm making fun of, of anti-diet accounts that, that are not healed. Like I'm, I'm not making fun of, I'm making fun of these thin writers I'm thinking about. That's what I'm making fun of. Like, I'm like, I kept wanting to say like, I'm really sorry that you're too stupid to understand like how jokes (laughs) work and like, who is the butt of the joke? But like, I'm not like, I'm not making fun of you. Now I am because you're not making any sense. So I had seen so many cancellation campaigns go down. Mm -hmm. over the year before that. And I'd seen this, it just looked like this. It was a cult. Like I knew how cults work. So it was like, if you apologize and like do whatever they say, you're still in the cult. 
And yeah, still. So I, when this happened, when it started to happen to me and they were demanding that I apologize for the joke that I was able to, I, I like, you know, I took the time to be like, wait, am I wrong? Like, am I wrong? Like, should I, and I was like, no, this could not be, <laughs> it literally could not be more and, benign of a joke, you know? And either way, it was a harmless, innocuous joke, right? Purposely, um, misconstruing a joke so that you can argue with somebody or that's that's a you know personality disordered trait it's it's so unhealthy this stuff um and it it is like a cult like I found my cancellation was so brutal and I think it's because I was a defector from the cult and I imagine that it's been similar for you I think they go after defectors like so it's like the Scientologists, yes, the way yes. they go after the suppressive people. I think that, that is a perfect comparison. Yeah. I think that all of the time, like the way they are yeah. going after Leah Remini um, yeah. is like, it, it, it's, it's very similar. Yeah, it, really it is. is. And um, the other thing is that like, for me, with all my identity points, <laughs> I'm being like a brown immigrant neurodivergent all you know it could add I mean there's like 15 other fucking qualifiers I could add to that if I felt inclined um so, so again to like have that they don't care it was a, it was a gang of white women <laughs> and a couple of white guys oh and the people that who have harassed me all this time and convincing uh, themselves unrelenting. That, they are, that they are defending yeah many of the things that you you are <laughs> yeah yeah you know they say things like um that it's it's absurd I think that these woke white people are the most racist white supremacist people I've ever come across in my life yeah. like nobody else in my life before has brought up my color to me repeatedly no mm-hmm. one no one's like ever told me it's like the same kind of people you just it's the other side of the coin one side is like calling you um you know darky or packy or whatever when I was younger and then this other side is like oh you're not dark enough so it's okay if we harass you Mm. like it's the the, like they have no they're so unself-aware of how racist they actually sound one of them this woman who um was just a really nasty character who got cancelled herself and um in her cancellation she tried to again deflect onto me um and suggest I was the reason that I don't know it was a whole weird thing but anyway one of my friends said to her that you're actually being really really racist um do you not realize that the way you're talking about her and she said well she doesn't believe in social justice so it's okay if I'm racist towards her like crazy you know like how (laughs) what are your print do you have no principles or like no morality of your own some of the problem right like it seems like a lot of these people don't anymore and they are just following they're like the- automatons yeah. yes they're like, like Simon says <laughs> tell me exactly what to do tell me even if it doesn't make logical sense tell me exactly what to say exactly what to think like t- tell me the hierarchy like what's the hierarchy of this cult like who do I answer to who tells me what to say and then they s- do it yeah yeah um and without question and they kind of not only do they police themselves, they police each other. So there's no real friendships in this cult. Um, you know, that, that's what I noticed. 
I yeah. noticed that all the people who were all the white women who were doing the right thing, like yeah. basically posting about it nonstop and like making it a part of every, even though they would then kind of get potentially be criticized for centering themselves, but they would like use all the right words to like not yes. do that. They were still always apologizing in the comments and thanking people yeah. for their labor. Thank you so yeah. much for the labor. Thank you for the like, labor of writing a comment abusing me. Yes, really exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much. This is such an important part of the conversation. Like constantly, again, where I was like, this is so culty. This is like, this yeah. is how it works. This is how it yeah. works. And they've convinced exactly. themselves that it's not fear-based, but it's so fear-based. It's so fear-based and it's obvious because the way they lash out and attack people is like a cornered animal trying lashing out for like, you know, in a desperate attempt to save themselves. They'll throw anybody under the bus to save themselves. Um, it's, you know, and then even the whole, um, you know, I'm, you know, white people are garbage, but not me. I'm a good white person. <laughs> right, exactly. Sort of like, why, like, do you not see the conflict in what you're saying? And do you not see how like damaging and racist it is to like you know they've changed the definition of racism yeah but that's the, it, that's the thing that's so dick. creepy yeah yeah it's like it's everyone still... has a different a different definition of racism yeah. now so yeah there really is no way to uh, assure anyone like that's what people have to do they have to assure everyone they're not racist now but there's no way to do that because there's no solid definition of what racism is anymore like well, our conversation those... right now is racist to a lot of people. Our existence is racist to some people, <laughs> you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, but then these are not people that, you know, some of these people have worms in their brains. You don't need to listen to what they're thinking and saying because like their, their, their opinions change according to what they're told their opinion should be. Um, so today water is racist tomorrow the sky is racist day after trees are racist and they just go along with it you know right well yeah. okay so this is what happened so back to this this April Fool's thing so I was very indignant and I was like I'm I, in my head I was like it would be better if I could just lose these kind of followers make them hate me unfollow me and like move on from this because I can tell that if I apologize first of all I won't mean it because my joke yeah. was not making fun of them at all. And two, like, I just don't want to be in this cycle. So I was very indignant. I was like, I'm not apologizing for this. Like, I'm sorry that you were stressed thinking that yeah. I was like, not going to be talking about anti-diet stuff, but I didn't harm you. I'm sorry. I didn't harm but also you. Also take a step back. One, you're like, there's an app in your phone. One page you follow in the app in your phone made a joke. And you're saying that you're traumatized, like have some perspective. Right. Well, there's none. There's none. And I do think like people being so isolated was definitely a part of it, but like still. So then the next thing that happened is that this woman who was an anti-racist educator, quote unquote, who came after me the summer before posting the fuck a diet in her story saying it wasn't for black women. And that was actually at the time when I, because I didn't talk about racism enough in the book. So right. that was at the time when I was actually still trying, like genuinely mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to be quote unquote anti-racist. So I was like, well, is it better to ignore this or to like respond like kindly and, and, and engage her? So mm -hmm. I did. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, I'm so super open to like any, um, 
you know, any, any, any more feedback that you have. And she went on this thing like, oh, that's too much labor. Like that's too much. Um, you know, are you in any anti-racist courses? And she just kept saying that until I was like, she's trying to sell me her anti-racist course. So I, <laughs> I was, couldn't have been nicer. And cause I was mm -hmm. like, oh, of course, of course, like no, no need. You know, I totally understand that. And, but I eventually stopped responding and that was it. That was, that was it. It was done. Yeah. So this April fool's thing happens a year later and she picks it up and she writes this whole caption about how terrible white women are. And she says, Caroline Dooner's refusal to apologize doesn't say what I'm supposed to be apologizing for. Caroline Dooner's refusal to apologize is an example of white violence. And I have had a DM conversation with her in the past that was equally as violent. Whoa. And that is what put brought it to the next level of like nobody knew what I did nobody knew what I was supposed to be apologizing for yeah. but I was now racist and violent and whatever that means like what does that mean because you, um, yeah it, it, no because it, I did nothing <laughs> like yeah. that's the thing uh, but there are people there are people who I ha have had on my podcast unfollowed me have never heard from them since um there's this like there's just this like uh cloud hanging over me now that like I am this white problematic violent. racist person right and and, and it's I brought it I bought brought it up like more recently and there are people like when I did on, on Instagram and there are people who were like why are you bringing this up isn't this sent like I've I've googled this and like I don't find anything on it so like did this really hurt you that much and like aren't you just like you and I was like Okay, well, yeah. I'm Fuck off. You, okay, I'm no one asked you. You. <laughs> you can't Google my name and like find this because it's in her no. caption from whatever a year ago. But there are people who think I'm an absolutely terrible person based on absolutely nothing. Absolutely right nothing. Well, that's what happens each time. And this, you're saying this, and I'm getting, I'm feeling my blood pressure go up. I'm <laughs> sorry. So fucking angry about it. But like, first of all, you know, like, you can't just say the word violence for everything that you don't like. And like, this is such mean girl behavior. You made a joke, there was an opportunity to dunk on you, so they took it, but they always wrap it in social justice language because then it's irrefutable. Because right. people are too frightened to say anything back to, if it's wrapped in social justice language. And now you have to, and the thing about these, these cancellation campaigns is that it's always something like if you poke at it, it just collapses. There's nothing in there, but it's wrapped in these labels of, okay, so she she's a white, violent, um, I don't know, panda kicker or something. <laughs> and it's just like make up, make up crap. And people believe it without even one second of investigation. And then it sticks to you. And that's the really shameful part. And, you know, at some point this is all gonna turn around. And I hope these people can, can, you know, look at themselves in the mirror when it does and say, right, I've been fooled into harassing people and being racist for the last five years and um, be okay with themselves. I really hope they can because they will, like everything does, the pendulum always swings. Um, I'm wondering I'm how much further it's gonna go before it starts to come back. What do you think? um it's really hard to say because you know think times are really nebulous and um you know it doesn't take much like even the whole 
Will Smith's lap has been turned into a race issue instead of a anger management thing or you know like that that shouldn't have shocked me because even that night I was like well I I thought I wonder how I wonder how this is going to get twisted like I I wonder how this is going to get twisted into some sort of social justice thing and sure enough sure enough and um you know if you're not black you need to shut up and stay out of this and it's kind of like well this was you know aired on international television at the oscars everyone in the world saw it they might have opinions but this is again i find this like narcissism of america no offense <laughs> but it's sort of like no offense taken <laughs> like everyone in the world has to shut up because people in america have an opinion on something it's like you know i don't know it's just it's just it's beyond farcical, beyond unreasonable and unrealistic. And if you don't kind of bend to our will, right, well, you're going to get punished now. You're white and violent or you're a problematic brown person or, you know, whatever. Like, the, and, you know, you said about all your friends unfollowing you. Um, and I've had the same experience. It's like these people are so spineless. They know you. They know what you're like. They know that you're not violent, but because you're labeled something, they just jump on board it like without any second thought, without even talking to you. Like I found um, so many people who are friends who I talk to on a regular basis unfollowed without a word. It's just. That's horrible. Are they people who you knew through online or are they people who you knew in real life? Most of them were online friends. Yeah, on, same. I mean, same with me. But still, yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hurtful. It's like you kind of um, go through the great unfriending the second your name is dragged through the mud. You find out who your real friends are really quickly, don't you? Yeah. Um, and who who kind of you know has the spine to say actually no, I know this person, I know that she you know isn't violent or racist or transphobic or whatever label is being leveled at you at the time. Um, and I'm not unfollowing her. I'm not, but people don't do that. There's so, there's so many people. So I started being canceled in 2020. There are some people who didn't unfollow me, but they just ghosted, they went quiet. And it's only this year or in the last few months, they've started slowly resurfacing and liking my posts and trying to have a chat. And it's sort of like, do you think I forgot? Right. <laughs> Do you think right. I forgot that you you just left me there alone to be like I don't know. Yeah. No. And, and apart. It's be, you know it's because there is such a fear because the people who are brave enough to say no this isn't fair. Yeah. Um. They they are not like this. They're they're then gone after too. Yeah. And yeah. So it is this extremely abusive. I mean, again, that that is what happens in cults. It, it's yeah. the like telling on people, you know, like, and so it, it is this thing of like, okay, I understand that everyone is in this like really like precarious situation where their, you know, their reputation and their business is is now on the line too, and so they don't know what to do. But man, like can't you see that it's like the emperor has no clothes? Like if we just said like this, this is, this doesn't make any sense. If we all just said it, it wouldn't have the power. I feel that way about so many things right now. (laughs) Yeah, No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But um, 
you know, again, the other thing the last two years has made very clear is there are not very many people who have much courage. Um, most people are, they want to go along with the crowd, they do as they're told, they think as they're told. Um, if they're told attack this person, they attack. If they're told you drop this person, they'll drop you. Um, they they just, yeah, is it like, it's truly incredible incredible to me how few people have a spine. I know. And it, it really, I mean, it started way before, like, it, it's really interesting to me. The past two years, especially the past year, but it, the past two years, I know I really went into 2020 very liberal and yeah. I came out being like, fuck all of yeah. this. Like this, yeah. this is nuts. This does not make any sense, but I really can look and see like before this, I really believed that everyone who was not fully liberal, everyone who was moderate or Republican in, in the US uh, was racist and yeah. um, selfish and terrible and homophobic. Like, I really genuinely believe that. And, and I also believe like, well, if you're not actively racist or homophobic, you still are because you're like siding with those people. Yeah. And I do not believe that anymore. I really don't. I mean, yeah, there yeah. are racist, homophobic, terrible people on the right. There are really fucking racist, terrible, horrible people on the left. Yeah. Like they exist, you know, but I do not believe in that binary anymore. Um, no, I really well, it's don't. It's kind of like, you know, I've had the exact same process of thinking of always um, having been on the left and thinking that the right is, you know, they're these it's the rich people who want to get richer, who are racist, who don't care about the little guy. Right. And, you know, thinking that the, the right is the side of the bad people. And going through this experience of everything that happened in 2020 personally and, you know, just to all of us, um, it was yeah it's been like a process of almost de like called deprogramming yeah. and realizing and then the only people who would have me after all this happened were moderates and conservatives right <laughs> guess yeah. guess who weren't racist to me right. guess who treated me like shit the right. the the you know white woke people and um guess who who treated me with respect dignity and immediately accepted me conservatives and moderates right and I know it's crazy it really it's, yeah yeah Sorry. it's been like I think it's been a really long process of programming people to think conservative equals bad rather than you know progressive means and you need both you need your progressive and you need conservative in any society because you need the progressives to advance society and to keep us moving forward and to not get stuffy and you need the conservatives to conserve the things that are good so the so the progressives don't get too out of hand right which is what's happening yeah yeah so you happening. need both and people people just ignore the actual meaning of the words and anyone who's, you know, a right of like Lenin is considered to be um, like you're a murderous racist instead of it's it's very. Um, yeah, these are interesting times we live in psychologically. What's happening is really interesting, really alarming, really disillusioning, but really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If, if it wasn't happening to us, I'd be fascinated, <laughs> but it is happening and I'm horrified. Yeah. I'll never forget. So I actually, 
2020, summer 2020, I, I was living in Philadelphia and I, my neighborhood was literally burning the, the weekend of the, um, the protests. And I got freaked out because there was a huge pile of trash that hadn't been mm-hmm. picked up for a couple of weeks. And my neighbors and I got afraid that it was going to be lit on fire because there were trash cans being lit on fire and that we were going to get stuck. So I drove to uh, my parents' house at the shore mm-hmm. and I stayed, and I thought I was going to stay for two nights. And I just like stayed for the whole summer because compared to, you know, I would talk to people and they would say like, oh my God, you have to wear a mask outside. Cause I was living in a city mm-hmm. and it was, I, I guess you could not wear a mask outside, like technically, but you couldn't. Cause I, even like on the edge of when it was just being implemented, I wasn't wearing one yet. And I got yelled at so many times by people. Um, so I, even if I wasn't even close to them at all. So I went down to the shore and I was like, Oh my God, nobody's wearing masks on the sidewalk. Like, this is amazing. I need to, I need to just stay here. Like I just, I needed like a little bubble. And, but I was still very like, you know, I went, I was still very, very liberal. This is still when I was like trying to figure everything out and like, what am I supposed to be posting? And what am I supposed to be saying? And, and it was during all the black lives matters, uh, protests they were mm-hmm. on the news and everything and I go to my parents and they're watching Fox News and I was livid I was like so angry and frustrated and I just was like constantly wanting to like argue with them and like I was so mad and I was so agitated and I was just like I, I was like I was a mess really like I and I was probably horrible to be around but um they would say little things and I would like you know, they would say very, very like not racist things, but things that were not matching with like the ideology that I was in at the time. Yeah. And then I'd be like making dinner or something. And like Tucker Carlson would be on who I like knew that I was supposed to hate. And he would be saying things that like actually made a little bit of sense. And I would, I was so uncomfortable. Like I was like, I I, like, didn't know how to like the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It was crazy. And at a certain point in that summer, I started seeing life in a split screen mm. where I could see what one side thought and I could mm. understand why they thought it. And I could also see what the other side thought and why they thought it. And yeah. I lost my mind. I started crying every single day. I didn't know what was real. I, I did. And I was petrified. I was like, if I move away from, or if I even move into a moderate place, like there was no moderate in the split screen. It was like, the two extremes, two extremes. Right? Yeah. If I move away from what I'm supposed to believe and what I've believed up until this point for the past few years, I, like, who am I? Like, will I have any friends anymore? Will, will everything that I've like, well, what, look, I, I was like totally disillusioned and like, I didn't know what was real. I didn't know what I was allowed to say. I didn't know. And I wasn't allowed to say anything, you know, that was the other thing. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy. It was like, it was really, really great. It was a really crazy experience, but then everything I had to like, everything I had to post, like had to still fit into the one side. Yeah. And I was, and I was writing a book at the time, which was horrible because I was like, I need to know what I think if I'm going to write this book. So like, it, it was, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And it took until the following summer before I was like, fuck everything. Like, fuck everything. Everyone's crazy. I hate, I hate everything. (laughs) Like I'm done. And I'd had enough 
terrible experiences online and the cancellations and this and that. And then I dared to start talking about cancel culture. And then all of a sudden I was being accused of being anti-Semitic somehow. And what? It, it's okay. Someone wrote to me, I was talking about it and someone wrote to me and said, Hey, like, if you want to talk about cancel culture, like there are countries, uh, there are, you know, dictatorships that have tried to go down this road and it hasn't gone well for them. Like it was basically like militarized cancel cult, like Hitler basically was militarized cancel culture. And I just shared that, but like, that was anti-Semitic to, to say that, to say that, like, it was authoritarian basically yeah. to compare yeah. it to Hitler was a the only logic that I have there is like the, the people were like, oh God, she's minimizing the Holocaust. She's saying that cancel culture online is exactly like the Holocaust, which I wasn't saying. Yeah. It was comparing the mentality of like an authoritarian, you must do this thing. Mm-hmm. So it, again, just like before, it was like, Caroline's anti-Semitic. I can't believe she's like, blah, 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 blah. and then now people think I'm anti-Semitic. I don't even think they know why, you know, yeah. but it, See, what, you know, that's the other thing is that like, yeah, that was, a clumsy way to put it but you can't even make a mistake or put a foot like slightly out of line before you're labeled something and then harassed into fucking oblivion um like okay you see you said the thing like in 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 normal real life like ah foot and mouth fine like okay won't do that again and you move on right you can't and the next post, I was like, look, I get why that's an extreme example for people. Let's compare it to yeah. Scientology instead. That's what I said. I said, let's yeah. compare it to Scientology instead. It's, you know, the hypervigilance. You have to do exactly what is said. If you don't, you're on the outs. It's authoritarian. I said, but look, it's all authoritarian, right? Like but you're allowed to make mistakes. Right. And that's the thing that like makes me really angry about this is that you're allowed to say the clumsy thing. That's what happens when people... Um, question and learn things and you know ultimately the, the scientific method is about rigor and questioning part of that are wrong turns right. and like the fact that you can't even make a faux pas and you're immediately accused of the worst possible reading of that I know that's ridiculous and you know like we have to keep talking about it and break the spell because the fact that people have like in this dreamlike state bought into it as if that's in any way a reasonable reaction to that. Right. It's unreal. Right. Yeah. No, but this is, these are the things that started to, to really make me go like, okay, I was living in a split screen, but this side that I was on is out of their minds Mm -hmm. and I'm miserable. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't say anything. I can't say anything. I'm a writer. Apparently I'm a writer, but I'm not allowed to say anything, nothing. No. And so that's why I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, you know, like I can't keep going like this without like starting to say like, this is not, this doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. And it's been terrible ever since. No, it's actually been way better because very slowly people have been like, yeah, I'm noticing the same thing. Like I used to be like super, super left, super liberal. And now it's just like, it, I feel like, like trapped. Like, I feel like nothing, like everyone is, everyone is bad. Like everything you do and say and think is bad. And, and there has to be some other way to be a good person, you know? Yeah. Well, being a good, like, it's almost as if they think buying into this ideology and swallowing it whole just makes you a good person. 
Okay. And like, of course it doesn't. It's just like being religious doesn't make you a good person. It's the right. same thing. Being a Scientologist doesn't make you a good person. No, you know? and it could be a mask. It can be like a shield to hide yeah. behind too. It is. I think it is. I think a lot of people hide behind it and hide behind the, because it's sort of like the Borg, right? It's like from um, Star Trek. Um, you know, because they're the hive mind. Everybody thinks this, ha- everyone has the same opinion. Everyone hates the same people. Everybody kind of like sucks up to the same people. Because if you notice, they they don't have normal reactions to other people. It's not like, oh, you're cool. I like you. It's like, oh, my God, you're like the second coming of Christ. I'm going to worship at your feet. Or it's like you are trash <laughs> and I need to like, you know, harass you to the point that you want to actually be dead. That's what right. happened to me. And, and that's what and happened to me. The twisted thing is that people have convinced themselves that they are like saving the world by doing no, that. No, you're like, not even saving like like save yourself before you can save the world. Like, yeah. how do you have the audacity to think you can save the world or liberate anyone when you can't liberate yourself from a bad mood or bad behavior? So you should probably be quiet about that. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down when I listen back and quote you on it. How do you think you can save the world if you can't even liberate yourself from a bad mood? It's just, it's so like, it's, yeah, the more time, I mean, I'm, I don't see a lot of it anymore um, because it's like, it's asymmetrical. So I am, I don't mind anything. Like I don't, automatically affirm and validate anybody on basis of their identity for me the thing is your identity is incidental your it's who you are as a person that matters to me are you cool do you have integrity are you funny that's what matters to me um and so for me it doesn't like and again I don't want anybody to be friends with me because I'm brown or a woman of color I want them to like me for me is that not so racist yeah, so it's like... racist. It's extremely racist. <laughs> um, so, you know, like there's all these people that I, you know, like, so the point I was going to make was that whether you're black, brown, white, trans, detrans, um, whatever your identity is, that's, to me, that's not what defines you. It's who you are as a person. So, and that includes people that are woke. Like if you want to be in that ideology, but you can be open-minded enough to agree to disagree or whatever that's fine yes but they can't do that back right again because it's like the cult thing so it's asymmetrical they can't return that to you they can't think um even if their ideology is telling them that in the hierarchy if you're white you're on you're below women of color and you know all these sorts of things um they're not able to return the favor it's just that you don't believe what i believe you're automatically a bad person and I will cut ties with you. I will not be your friend. I will see if I can ruin your livelihood if possible. Um, I will drag your name through the mud. I'll lie if I have to. I'm going to recruit people to my court. It's highly personality disordered. Highly, highly personality disordered. And um, and completely odd, asymmetrical, cult-like, fundamentalist. You know, it's... yeah. I get a lot of clarity when I can compare it to a cult because then it all makes sense. Yeah. Then the actions make sense. Okay. Yeah. You're or, um, indoctrinated. Or, yeah. And to me, it like, 
you know, I'm from India, I've seen fundamentalism with my own eyes firsthand and I know what fundamentalism looks like. And it's extremely fundamentalist and it's extremely um, religious, extremely it religious. It really yeah. is. And, and that's, you know, <clears throat> I think the more that people can kind of draw that parallel, the more people will be able to wake up to what's happening because it's exactly what's happening. It's, it's exactly mm -hmm. what's happening. The idea that people are inherently bad and have to constantly like, yeah, you know, apologize for their sins like that. It, that it's the same thing. Yeah. Like self-flagellate so that you can prove that your goodness, like what, what's next, whip yourself on the back. Like, right. you know, right. that's exactly what fundamentalist and orthodox religions do. And the, the most interesting part is there's so many people who've left fundamentalist religions only to become woke and enact the same dynamics right I find that pretty interesting but you know it does make sense but you'd think they'd be a little bit more aware or at some point would wake up to the similarities similarities and i think again it's just like if you don't heal what's going on underneath you're just going to replace the thing with a similar thing yeah there's there's this whole subsection of therapists especially who've left fundamental religions and that and now they talk about deprogramming their whole sort of um speciality is critical thinking and you know having left fundamentalism but they're completely have swallowed whole wokeness and i just find that really like it makes me sometimes wonder how many people really believe it. And I know for a fact everyone doesn't because they're in my DMs telling me. But right, publicly, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yes. Yeah. But how many therapists have kind of jumped on this train scares me a little bit. Way too many, way too many. Um, and look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I did too briefly. Sure. Um, but the thing that I find interesting is that none of them are having the second part of my process, which was, what the fuck did I just do? Right. Like, what am I doing? Right. This is getting bonkers. Right. Um, yeah, that doesn't seem to be happening. And, but then I think a lot of what's happening in North America and university is essentially teaching critical social justice. So there's a lot of people who are, you know, the, they aren't always producing professionals, they're producing activists with different labels. Yeah. So, you know, like they'll, some of these people based on their content, they understand um, the tenets of critical just, uh, social justice far better than they understand psychotherapy. Um, right. right. And I think it's interesting that they, they bring this and shout and scream about it because it makes you a really poor therapist. Um, therapy is about the client. It's not about you and your politics. And, right. you know, when you go into a session with somebody, you go in without preconceived notions. You don't bring your shit into it. You, you, it's making space for them, exploring with them. It's not about, um, you know, standing on a podium and giving them a lecture. It's really sad because talking therapy is a really sacred thing. Um, it doesn't scale. It can't be replicated. And the assault it's taken in the last few years from the trauma model, from ill-informed or misinformed people misinforming other people, 
from you know this whole idea that um everything has to be done in the body and the brain has to be ignored um it's and and now this and when it's done i think again so few people have had an experience of actual competent psychotherapy that i think that's part of it that's part of the misinformation but you're not going to get that with people who are completely indoctrinated into one way of thinking have very closed minds and can't kind of sit with discomfort or sit with a different experience to yours um which as a therapist you do every day you sit with people you don't agree with you listen to them you empathize with them you explore it with them and somehow you don't die like right <laughs> so. oh, oh my gosh I feel like I could talk to you forever about this I know me too <laughs> um but since we do have to wrap it up at some point will you let everyone know how they can find you and yeah and who you work with. I mean, I'm assuming that most people, you know, when you do these are you, you'll get followers, but you are also a, a therapist. So. Yeah. Being a therapist is my main job. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is for the side. Right. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I will let you put my name or my handle somewhere because yes, no one's going to. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will. You. I will link. I will link. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my website, which is the same, Sirat K. Chavlan, it's the same handle everywhere. Um, and the people I work with. So I've had experience working with all kinds of populations, like refugees, um, people with serious trauma. Um, people with mental health difficulties. Now I work in private practice. Mm -hmm. And um, so now I work with people who aren't acutely, you know, in crisis, but have kind of done that work and now want to go a bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the population I work with now. So it's very insight-based exploratory psychotherapy, um, traditional psychotherapy. And I love it. Um, That's what I'm doing for now. And... um, (laughs) because critical thinking is so well dying now and no one's <laughs> resuscitating it is that criticizing wokeness and this ideology does not mean that you endorse does not mean that we endorse the opposite it doesn't mean that we don't care about social issues it doesn't mean that we're now automatically right wing though it doesn't you know it does also doesn't mean that anyone who's right wing is automatically racist and bad um so just to be super clear. Right. <laughs> yes, that. yes, yes. And that's important to say, because without saying that, there are so many people who would assume yeah. that to criticize this. Well, that's the problem, right? To, to stray at all from the narrative means you are, you are, I've been accused of being alt-right so many times. What does and it I'm even like, mean at this I point? I don't know. Like I don't know. Up. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it that's literally, it's yeah. being thrown around the same way harm and violence is being thrown around. And it's like, does, does do words mean, mean anything concrete no. anymore no and like and this i talk about this to do with trauma to do with violence to do with harm to do with racism like all of these words are important words that should have gravity to them they have to mean something specific we need to know if someone's been traumatized or racism has happened or someone has been violent we need to know what these words mean it's quite you know, it's, it's really important. It's scary. It's scary. I mean, it to, to like, I, I'm bringing up like parables and fables, but like, it's the boy who cried wolf. If everything yeah. is racism, then what's going to happen when someone is actually racist, people are going to start to tune out. Yeah. 
That's not and they good. are already. They I know. are already. And now when I see someone use any of these words, my first instinct is not, oh God, did something happen? It's like, mm, okay. Right. You know? No, but really, so, and and that's 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 the fallout of this. And it's yeah. not going to it's going to end up doing the opposite of what it thinks it's doing. Well, all the, it's, you know, I don't know how many people who are even in this believe it. I think there's a significant um, element of enjoying social capital, mm. enjoying power over other people, enjoying being able to ha- harass and hit other people or people that are more successful than you to feel like you have an edge over them. Right. Um, and they like what, you, you know, like, let's not pretend a significant part of this is you get social impunity while behaving like a real asshole. And let's not pretend how many people are actually doing that. I think there are some true believers. And I think there are some genuinely compassionate people who think they're doing the right thing and their empathy is being used against them. But mm-hmm. I won't go too much into that because I could talk about that now <laughs> another hour and a half. I guess you'll have to come back on the podcast in a little while. We have plenty yeah, more to talk amazing. about. Um, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was so nice to talk to you. It was so good to talk to you. So since publishing this episode, May 30th, that was the first episode that I posted with my podcasts merged. Since that time, I've decided to split them again. So the Fuck It Diet is its own separate archived project where people who are healing their relationship with food can go over there and get all that stuff. And I'm free to just move on <laughs> over here on Substack. So this is being re-uploaded as part of a new podcast that I am starting on Substack. Sorry, I was going to say unproblematic, but that's also true because right now the podcast and the Substack are called Problematic. I thought I was going to get sick of the name. I haven't gotten sick of it yet. So here we are. Um, what I do know is that in the years that I had my other podcast, the Fuck It Diet podcast started as the Fuck It Diet Radio and then turned into the Fuck It podcast. I changed my mind a million times, so much so that I just merged the podcast and then decided to unmerge them. Um, So this is being uploaded in September, but backdated to May when I actually released it. And yeah, I wanted it to be in the new podcast feed. Okay. Bye. Thanks for being here. Bye.